It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of blindandroidusers.com. Kick back, relax, and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 107 of the Blind Android Users podcast. We're recording today on December the 24th, Christmas Eve. 2022. We want to wish all of you that celebrate Christmas a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I'm Warren Carr, and alongside with me today, those that have sacrificed to come here today, we have John Dyer, Fee Dunn, even though she's not feeling good. You can hear it in her voice when she starts to talk. Fee actually is feeling better today, and I'm thankful that Fee is able to join us. And we have Austin there in Mumbai, India. Welcome to episode 107. Coming up in this episode, we have the usual announcements. Austin is going to bring you those announcements. Then we have, in our spotlight, we have a guest, and we're going to be introducing that guest. We have Sunil from the iSTEM app, and he's going to be talking with us about the iSTEM. Then we have the app of the week, and I'll be talking about the Bookshare Reader. And we have a mystery unboxing for you at the end of the podcast. John will be bringing us that unboxing. For now, though, guys, let's talk about how you're doing. John, what's up with you in Virginia land? Hey, Warren. Um, it's very cold here. It was 12 degrees when we woke up, which is for the Virginia Beach area this time of year is very cold. So it feels like Christmas for sure. Um, I'm definitely keeping busy. I visited my brother's family this morning and I got home just in time for the podcast. And then I'll be going over my wife's uh, family's house later on. So busy day, but luckily it worked out that I was able to join you guys for the podcast. It's a good thing when you have uh, families on both sides, isn't it? I, I like that because, you know, Thanksgiving, either you get together or you eat in two houses and something goes for Christmas. And I tell you what, kids love it because they get extra gifts. It's just a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I was like that when I was a kid. <laughs> Fee, you've not been feeling good, my dear. And it's I'm actually surprised that you actually were able to join us today. How are you feeling? I'm surprised too. <laughs> I'm um, feeling gradually better. I had, I, I've been asthmatic um, for a long time, but I, I had a virus in October that made my asthma worse, starting to get better, the cough and everything. And then I got another virus last week. And, um, but it's not the dreaded C one. Um, I did a test. It wasn't that, but um, I, um, I think it's a cold, but it's made my asthma bad. So I had to go to the doctors and I'm not going to visit my parents quite well when I planned um, because my voice and I just, yeah, I need some quiet time just to get well, I think. So during the podcast, you do hear me um, start that again. During the podcast, you will hear me asking a few questions and saying a few things but mostly I shall just be 
listening very carefully and making sure these boys behave themselves. And uh, I think our weather in London here is not too bad. We had some rain, but it's not too cold. It's like, I don't know, 11, 10 or 11 degrees today, uh, centigrade, that is. Um, I think in America, they've got much worse time with these minus temperatures and uh you can you can keep them we don't want those please don't send them our way we're not gonna send it your way most especially when you're not feeling good and especially that you're trying to keep the boys in line here so probably that's yeah. why you came on because if it's us, just me austin and john we may not be all that in line <laughs> so. exactly you know someone needs to keep an eye on you uh thanks for coming along to make sure that we stay in line <laughs> well i don't know if i'll make sure i try <laughs> it's always good to try austin boy what's going on with you so we are getting ready for christmas and uh, christmas just starts in less than half an hour and it's getting, it's uh, like got cold from yesterday night. So today the, the climate will be about uh, 12 degrees or something. So we are getting close to UK. So getting ready for Christmas fully, it's just less than half an hour away. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. We're cold here as well, especially we had sub-zero temps, but today we're getting better. Let's now turn on to announcements. Austin, get us going in announcements. For the announcements, we have got a Christmas gift and we have hit the 800 subscriber mark on our YouTube channel. At last, today I saw the subscriber marks before going live and we were at 800. Another announcement is that the OCR survey, the best OCR of 2022, Survey is still ongoing. It will close at 31st. It will close at 30th midnight Pacific time. So everyone keep voting for your OCR. We have got only 18 responses so far. I thought there would be more, but uh, keep them coming. There is still almost a week for the survey. That's it from the announcements. If you get fed up with the family, um, doing the survey could be a great excuse to, uh, you know, go off for a little while and do something else. Good point. I agree with you, Fee, because that sounds like a good one. Or maybe you're tired of eating. Kick back on the couch, grab that phone or grab that laptop, fill out and let us know which is your favorite, most favorite OCR package. And now talking about OCR packages, as we mentioned in the announcements, we now move on to our next segment. And we're talking about our Spotlight segment. And today we have our friend Sunil, the developer of the iSTEM program, that's the app. And Sunil, we want to welcome you. But first, we want to thank you for taking your time to come to uh, this episode. We know this is a Christmas time and depends on where you are. It's an important thing for people to celebrate, to be with their families and all of that. And most especially in India, we know it's kind of late. And for you to be able to come up here and be with us shows that you, have, you are dedicated 
uh, to us, and we want to thank you for that. Welcome, Sunil, to Blind Android Users Podcast. Thanks. Thanks a lot, uh, Warren. So I think I think I generally sleep late, so I think it, it's good. First of all, I would just like to thank you that you gave me an opportunity to come here and talk about what we are building and what we are working on. Thank you so much. Let's talk about iSTEM. So that's I-STEM, S-T-E-M. And we do want to say this from the onset, that when you search for it on the Play Store, we'd, we're going to have the URL in our show notes. However, sometimes when you search for it, you just put I-S-T-E-M, you may see something from the Indian government as well. I saw that and then I realized, oh no, uh, this is the wrong one. So this one will have attached to it saying accessibility solutions. So that's how you're going to make the difference uh, between the ISTEM from the ISTEM guys and the one from the Indian government. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, that, that even that has a story behind it. You know, earlier when we started ISTEM, I think we were only one, but now there are a lot of ISTEM. <laughs> here that's there. right. So let's go about the history of ISTEM. How did you guys come about ISTEM? We know uh, it's a crowded field. We have so many of these OCR things. However, yours has a little twist. To it. You have a different take on it. But first, though, before we get to all of that, let's talk about the history. When did you get started and what led to the development of this iSTEM app? Sure. I'll, I'll start at the beginning. So, my, so I am one of the co-founders uh, of iSTEM. And then we also have other team you know, co-founder with me on the team, Karthik and Shakul and Akashti. So all of us are visually impaired ourselves so uh, and then all of us have you know tech background so when we were in uh, high schools or college so we have studied uh, the you know engineering fields most of us and then one one of the shakul has uh, mainly studied the mathematics major so we all of us had that stem background no? so to say the science technology engineering and mathematics field background so when we were at the study and when we were studying at college we were studying at yeah, you know uh, our uh, back at our schools, high schools, we realized that you know there is no good app to understand as to how uh, how you could read mathematics, how you could read you know science, and how could you read mathematical expressions that you may encounter in different textbooks. So there are OCR apps that you can you there there that is already there in the market, you know, where you can go and read out the text, you know, can take a snapshot and then read out whatever is there or can upload a PDF and then accordingly read the text. But you know, we be, being um STEM background, we our our study material were kind of different, no? So we had this STEM subjects, and we wanted something to have an impact on this. So again, so iSTEM as initially started as an advocacy group. So we were a group of people who were just trying in India to uh, uh, create an awareness as to how person with disabilities, you know, can perform well and they, how they can work in STEM field as well. Something which is has been you know in India considered kind of you know not not a Field for visually impaired people in the in, in Indian context, but again we wanted to break that uh, stereotype, and what, therefore we started different hackathons as well as to how we can sensitize person, I mean employees within different corporates as to how visually impaired people code, for example, and then how they can work as a coder as well as you know product manager and 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 whatnot. So it started from there. 
but uh, then but we this we all of us had the technical background so we want also wanted to talk, use that our skills to generate some technical solution that can help a person who is studying in stem so where that, that's where you know our this product came so we, we initially created a web portal where you can go and upload your you know file be it any any subject now so one one thing is the stem part of it that i just talked about another thing is you know how so another thing that was missing in the ocr is that how do you know the structure of the document so let's say you know you have a table now table is something which is very common in let's say economics and other uh, fields that you are studying and table is something you know the normal ocr messes up it does not detect you know where is row where is column then it tries to read every row as a single line it doesn't make a distinction as to where is the different cells and how you can go about it reading it in a structural fashion like we do using uh, the our jaws and other screen reader that we have so we also wanted to accept that information as to what is table what is list what is heading and you know just so that a person can extract the content that they want to read and then can fully appreciate the uh, you know accessibility of the content that one can have due to the technology so, so that that's where we all that there was another feature that we wanted to include in our app or in our solution that we were building alongside the mathematics part that we have so i would say you know so that that's why we started as a web portal and now we also have an app out we uh, launched it back in march here in india and now you know it's kind of uh, everywhere Can I ask you um, what you mean by the STEM field, please? Because I don't know about some of our listeners, but ignorant me, uh, musician, arty type, uh, I'm just imagining STEMs in fields. I don't think that's what you're talking about. So could you explain that, please? Yeah. So, so basically, STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Mathematics. For that, you know, in that order, S T E M. And the app name itself, you know, which is iSTEM Accessibility Solution, that mainly refers that inclusive science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. You know, that that is our company name as well. So that that's that's where the STEM means. So in general, what this means is, if you are, let's say, an engineer, maybe let's say a software engineer, uh, uh, someone who is, you know, let's say, studying economics, or someone who is doing a ma major in mathematics, or let's say you are someone who are uh, doing another another you know engineering like let's say civil engineering mechanical engineering and whatnot so whatever the engineering field plus you know natural sciences fields such as physics chemistry if you are reading so those those subjects come within stem fields and this is in contrast so, to yeah as you said this is in contrast to you know arts where you have you know music and then you have painting and then you have you know uh, politics and geography and other other subjects humanities subjects that you have yeah, of course, with with um with engineering and mathematics and things, of course, um, numbers, correct numbers and symbols are very very important. I have, in the past, done some programming. Um, I wasn't very good. Um, it taught me to respect programmers. Is the main thing I took away from it. Um, and something I've noticed with a lot of OCR packages is that they um, they often get numbers wrong or they'll say I instead of L or things like this. So how do you deal with that and make sure that that people 
don't end up um, trying to add the wrong figures, for example? Um, do you have some special quality control? And is this an app just for documents that you've got, say, from a PDF or a photo that someone sent you? Or do people take their own photos as well? Because that can be where some of the most dodgy um, recognition is. Well, if they're anything like my camera skills anyway, which are not very good. Um, so how do you uh, how do you deal with that? Because obviously, if you're trying to engineer, I don't know, a bridge and you get your sums wrong, everyone falls in the river. Right. So, um, yeah. How, how do you do that? Yeah, that, that's a good question. So, yeah, we, so we have right now, you know, we have different algorithms through which we uh, detect what are the different symbols. So, you know, again, when you're studying in STEM fields, you have, you know, the symbols like Greek symbols you have, you no? Know, for example, alpha, beta, gamma, you know, theta, pi, whatnot. And these are the symbols, for example, are very commonly used in physics and, you know, similarly, it's in chemistry as well. And then you have things like superscript, subscript, where you, you know, uh, can have some numbers which are either lower than the baseline characters that you have in a line or you know a little bit up in case of su uh, superscript or exponential or power you may say so so what we do is you know again yeah so there are special algorithms that we run on the image or pdf that you upload to the uh, our, our services and try to detect you know what is baseline what is something which is in you know superscript with respect to the baseline then what is subscript similarly you know where is the fraction symbol so that you can distinguish between let's say x plus y over three and then you know similarly to so the three is something which is in 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 is is a denominator below the x plus y so you know, these, these are some of the things that we detect and you know again so we are currently having you know more than 95 percent accuracy if the image quality is good now coming to the other other part of it which is you know what do we expect as an input so initially when we created our web portal we had only you know images and pdf as an input where you can uh, upload some images or pdf that you have in your pc now because now we have also an app so for app it makes sense you know to have a, a way to a way to take pictures and then accordingly send it across to the OCR and get the you know uh, accurate result. So in general, again, that that is, a, a, you can say, a limitation or you can say a kind of restriction that we have. That image quality, of course, matters, whatever OCR algorithm you pick. So if the image quality itself is not good, then again, OCR tends to you know, keep keep doing the mistake because the, if the input is not, not up to the mark or you know, if it's not good quality, so it, it tries, it, goes on misdetecting things and things like that. So now coming to the camera part as to you know how you say that you know in which direction I should um, take I should move my camera so that I can get the whole view of the image that I want to capture. Now that is something you know we have we have been working on. We have a basic model out as well as to direct user into which direction they want to go. Uh, I mean, which direction they should move their camera so that they can capture the whole page. So now, now and we are again iterating on it. So whatever you know, we have a V1 out of uh, in 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 public right now. Anyone 
who's using our app, they can test it out and give us feedback as to how it is working for them. And we are continuously working on improving it as well because you know that is something which is not an easy task. <laughs> I'll tell, tell you from an engineering perspective because in, in Android, what happens is the camera quality is something which can range from, you know, let's say you have 3,000 and 4,000 Indian rupee phones to 80,000, you know, 85,000, where you have Pixel 7 Pro and, you know, Samsung and whatnot. So the camera quality is not something, you know, which is same across in, in case of Android. So camera quality also matters in how you, depending on the camera, if you shake it a lot, you know, so the, the photo tends to sometimes blurry if the you know camera is not that good and it's not able to stabilize but again we are we are improving on it and trying to see what we can do to make it best but yeah answering your question there is a v1 out where we direct the user as to which direction they should move their camera to take the best photo so we support both the scenarios you can capture the photo and you can upload images and pdf how do you make sure that, for example, an eight isn't confused with a three or a one with a seven? Can you do that, or is there only you know so much you can do for that? So, you know, now all of this is you know uh, written down in the algorithm that we have, machine learning algorithm, as to how you detect different characters. So, for example, you know, taking one and seven in in consideration. Now, again, handwriting is something which you know can, is is always a challenge. So, we try to do the best we can do in handwriting. But if you were to let's say take a printed photo or a printed you know page, now that is something you know where you will see one is something which is straight, you know, a vertical line from top to down. Now, seven is something which is you know let's say a tilted tilted line from which is you know going from left to right. At a, at a slant, similarly, you know, seven and then has some about a horizontal bar above it, and then you know, depending on how you write it and depending on what the font is, you know, can also have another horizontal bar in between. So, so in in general, what I'm getting at is different. So we try to detect the shape as to what different characters have different shape, and it it is you know the technology basically is same as whatever we have you know other OCR. It's just that we have trained it you know on on more. STEM, uh, STEM related database uh, data and then have customized it for extracting out the structure information from the math because you know in math it's important where the text is written with regard to other text so that is an information that we capture while we are doing the OCR of the page and that's how you know we are able to infer what is in superscript what is in this number and then what is subscript what is fraction, what is, you know, radical uh, symbol and so on. So rather than just having each character scanned by itself, it's very much dependent on the context of the rest of the page or the rest of the line by the sounds of it. Um, That's yeah, right. that, that That's makes right. it. And your, and your, um, it, your server, presumably these things that get uploaded to your server and, and you have software that, that learns gradually how to read better does it is is that how it works yeah that's right that's right so right now yeah most of the conversion we do is on uh cloud so you you upload the image or you upload the file and then uh we convert it on the cloud again you know because as i said android is an environment where you cannot trust the device most of the time depending on 
the configuration. So right now we don't have any on-device model. I mean, not for things like math OCR and things. So we we send it to uh, our servers, and there the conversion happens, and you know then you that that's how you get the result back, and then you are able to read it. So how about privacy? Um, if you know if we're if we're sending our mathematical stuff to your servers, you know, or if someone is has sent you their design for the next type of new in invention, you know, and that's secret because right. otherwise somebody might copy it or something. Mm -hmm. uh, how, what's the what's the privacy of, of the information that you collect? Yeah, so in in our privacy policy, you know, we have the we have the clause in that we are you know also very strict about so that if if you want any of our files, any of the files that you uploaded, the source file to be deleted, you know, you can request us. And then you know we we can delete those files. Now, right now we are working on a feature that from the app itself you can click on let's say you know a delete button and then you will be the source file from the uh, your app or your you know from our from our server will be deleted. But right now it as it stands you know uh, the person needs to uh, email us you know saying that this is the file I don't want uh, to be used for any of uh, our learnings or our OCR improvements, so that's where uh, they can delete it. You see, I would want, I think, if I was a user of this app, I would want the chance when I install it to say whether yeah. I'm happy for my stuff to be used as part of your machine learning. And depending on what work I'm doing, mm -hmm. I might have to not use your app because mm -hmm. of the fact because if i often needed to do secret well not secret like in a dodgy way but just secret you know because it might be commercially sensitive or something mm -hmm. uh stuff like my organization or whatever they might not allow me to use an app where i'm sending stuff to the cloud and it might get used for machine learning unless i email every time and if i'm using that every day that's going to be a bit annoying <laughs> so i'm not going to have time to email you every day so i i want i think i would want an opt-out option um that i could change in the settings in the future if i wanted to um is that something you have considered or are considering that's that, that, that's a good suggestion yeah so we are as i said now we are working on it this part so in in the future updates you know in the coming month or so that you will have we will have that feature you know where a person can totally opt out you know uh, out of the the data that they don't want us to use for the machine learning algorithm or they can you know let's say say on on the individual file level as well you know this is something i don't want to be used yeah so we are working on it right now you know, from all that you've said, that's a lot of work. And because this is a different kind of app, let's be honest. And I really congratulate you guys for doing that. And most especially, you know, as it is, a lot of blind students don't get into math. And it's such a refreshing air to see that we have uh, something that would help 
blind folks, uh, students with their math. I was a very lousy math guy, probably a failed historian too. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had something like this back in my day and uh, it would have come in handy. But this is really important because young students out there that have math problems and someone trying to read to them and all of that, this is definitely a fresh air. And I'm glad that we have you guys there. Now, you've mentioned some of those challenges already. Uh, what are some other challenges that you guys had uh, when creating this app? Because, it, you know, from uh, the back end of it and all of that, it's complicated. So, you know, when we use apps, we have no clue as to what happens. And all we see is an app and we're happy to use it. But you guys have a lot to work with. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you guys had that you had to find ways of overcoming? Yeah, yeah. So again, you know, so the, a lot of it is uh, engineering problem only. You know, so then how how you detect these things as to you know what is heading, what is table, what is list, you know, what is a paragraph, you know, and, and similarly, if it, let's say digital document, we also extract things like what is the link and you know what is. Uh, footnote what is uh, other, other parts of the other other structural element that you may have on a page and we i can try to annotate all of them so that you can have a a better reading experience than what a normal ocr will give you so again figuring out all these things has been a challenge in the beginning now right now we have the model you know the, those are working well again improvement is something we keep doing because you know, then the, the progression is something you know the improvement is something which is a all, all time thing. So you cannot be say that no, I'm done with my product. There is no further new improvement needed. So that that always goes on. Then mathematics part itself is a big challenge. Then another thing is you know so because we are talking about these STEM uh, subjects. So the, the the these are generally large books. You know the people what people do is they generally upload the big big files to our server. Then initially when we started we didn't think about you know how if the a lot of load comes or a lot of a, a file with a very many number of pages come so how how do you deal with it now currently we are working on it because you know we had uh, previously have an issue where the, our server <laughs> went uh, offline for some time because there were a lot of requests coming in but now currently we are we are working on it trying to make it more stable and and so that that is more again an engineering challenge as to how you serve all your users in in the minimal amount of time either you increase the resources server resources or are you uh, serve the request in in, the, in a way in a way that is not convenient for the inconvenient for the user by queuing them or things so th these are again you know all the ch uh, uh, challenges that we had again another thing that we on on in on terms of the communication and on terms of you know spreading the app so we have been Teaching out to a lot of people here in India, going to different uh, blind people organization and talking out at, uh, about the app at different platforms. So that has been another a fun. I would or wouldn't say a challenge, but it's, a, it's an opportunity or a fun for us to you know talk about what we are doing. So again, you know that that's where again I'll, I'll I again will thank you guys for inviting us here, and we we hope that you know the listeners will try out the app and give us uh, any feedback that we may. You know, we might be doing wrong, and how we can do uh, better. So I think there is already a feedback that uh, that the 
the priority gotten so we are working on it we'll you guys will soon see it in in the John here uh, I have a comment and then I have a couple of questions as well I just first just wanted to say that I really appreciate um the focus for the stem that you've put on the stem field when it comes to accessibility because it it's very needed and I haven't mentioned it on the podcast but my my background actually is engineering I my bachelor's degree is in mechanical engineering and okay. <laughs> that feels that feels like a uh, kind of a past life at this point for me but um it, it i did have a lot of challenges when it came to uh mathematical based stuff and physics and equations and stuff like that so i really appreciate that you guys are um, focusing on that field specifically and i just had a, a question about the app because i was playing around with it for a little while and i noticed that when you go to use something it um at, it tells you how many credits you're going to use and i think it said my credits were i had a balance of 250 if i'm not mistaken so i'm wondering if you could explain how the credits system works yeah so currently you know whenever anyone signs up uh, on our app or our portal so what we do is uh, we assign them 2500 credits by default so which is basically translates to one credit for, for one page conversion one image you know one one pdf page whatever so that basically goes to you know let's say 2500 pages quota uh, now this is something you know which is uh, refreshable in the sense that you know once you decrease the credit i mean when you exhausted the credit you can uh, you can go ahead and request us to give us give you more credits but again you know just for the initial initial usage we generally have that limits so that we can while we are working on it we are trying to you know trying to reach to more and more people we have a an a, a fair usage you know kind of a policy for the app currently okay that makes sense so is it something you would have to purchase more credits or do you just request them currently you request them yeah so it's we are testing okay. it out we are ओके upload a video and it 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 will i think it said the the limit was 200 uh, megabytes if i'm not mistaken but you can upload a video and have it automatically read any text that appears on that video uh or cap automatically capture it and i thought that was really cool but i was wondering if there's any way to get that to work with youtube or if you would have to have the file available locally and then upload it to get that to work yeah so uh, yeah that, that's right so again that is another feature so 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 this this is something you know where we do we call it an audio video accessibility in the app basically what it is is you know that we generate both the captions let's say if you have an audio and video so you have, if you upload an audio or video file you can have a caption as to what is being spoken in the audio or video and the, if it is a video you can also request for the text that is being displayed in the video 
video OCR in other words. So you know that that is where you can see what that that is where you can read. You know, so there are there are timestamp coming in the output files. You generally get an so we generally generate two files. One is a text simple text file, another is an SRT file. So there is a timestamp which is present in the output, and due to which you know reading by looking at which you can make a correlation as to what is being shown at what time. Yeah, now asking, uh, uh, replying to your question. So yeah, currently it is, you know, the limitation is that we have 200 MB file limitation. And yes, we all only right now allowing a video file to be uploaded, uh, not with YouTube link. But again, you know, that is something which we are planning in the future to have. There where, you know, at least you can upload a, or you can provide a public URL that, you know, with the, and if it matches within the limit that we generally have, we currently have, and then you can also get the text for that. But no, currently you're right. So right now you can, you need to have the file in your local to be uploaded okay. for this service. That makes sense. Uh, I'm glad you guys are working on implementing it. You know, it would be nice to just be able to share from a website or provide a link or something. So that's cool. I really like that feature. That would be yeah. especially good um, for somebody with, you know, a, a, an Android phone that doesn't have that much memory um if they could give you a youtube link or a, another video link that would be a good feature um i'm wondering um i'm remembering back to my school days because unlike john i did not study anything like this after school um but i remember graphs and pie charts and things like that can this app read those or is that just you know asking too much now because it sounds like an amazing app i'm not asking these questions to to rubbish your app i just wonder you know if if it's for mathematicians and engineers and people people studying i don't know economics things like that there are a lot of pie charts aren't there and graphs and things so can can the app read those again that's an interesting question yeah so right now no so right now what we do is we general we just extract the mathematical part of it mathematical equations you know mathematical uh, tables and things but no no pie chart no graphs in other words no alt text generation for the images so that is something you know which is is not in the near pipeline but that is also some of the ideas we have for the app for the for for a i would say a more distant feature because you know right now there are other things that we want to prioritize but currently yeah you are right currently we are not supporting uh, pie charts and images but in general you know down the line when we start working on it the approach will be you know same as you said we'll try to classify different images and try to see if it is a pie chart what information can i expect as to how much percentage different category refers to if it's let's say bar graph how much uh, data is at what value but right now no right now it just does mathematical expression okay that's it's it's just interesting to know you know what can i do what can't i do you know um and sometimes there are those other graphs aren't there which i forget the name of where there's a line that can show that the economy went up or it went down over this many months or it's not a bar chart what are they called um yeah in they're general, quite often used i think aren't they yeah. Yeah, 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 graphs and curves in general. Yeah, 
No, so right now we are not supporting that part. Yeah. So there is no automated alt text generation right now for the images. Yeah. Okay. My my favorite pie chart ever has to be slightly off topic, but we um I'm in a choir, and uh, we had an engineer. He's left now, unfortunately. He moved away, but he um used to sell the CDs and. He used to do a pie chart of how many he had sold at different times. Um, but instead of just presenting it on paper, he used to make it into a cake. That was my favorite ever pie chart. <laughs> that was brilliant. Basically, he wanted you to eat some of that food. That's what it, it was. It was literally a pie chart. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I thought like, you'd have called it a cake chart. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. brilliant. Cake chart. <laughs> Brilliant. Now, uh, Sunil, let's talk about availability. Where is this available? Is it only available in the US, uh, India, UK, or uh, where is this available? Can people say someone in Mongolia, uh, could they have access to it? Or what countries and languages are supported? So right now, it's available in all the countries. So it's, it's general access. Anyone anywhere can download it from play store currently we only have android app now in terms of the languages you know we support uh english and then you know in, in a lot of indian languages around hindi you know and then gujarati marathi and then there are other languages as well for an arabic and other things that we support and but yeah so th that, that's how the language support looks like even the video OCR supports the same number of languages that the app supports, or is there different? Yeah, video OCR is having a different uh, language support. So you know, there, there you might not have, you don't have things for uh, Arabic and things like that. Uh, you know, in uh, so India again, English is something which is supported everywhere. Then there, there is uh, support for uh, Hindi in the video OCR. Uh, basically the Devanagari script as they you know as you call it but yeah the, the strict uh, the scope is restricted in video OCR for the languages currently compared to the OCR I mean the the OCR service that we have there's something I want to mention also because you guys the app is so uh, chock full of other things it's not just OCR you do have some tutorials on there uh, maybe for talk back, and you have other things there as well, communities. So it's an inclusive, just like the I stands for in the I STEM, is inclusive in so many ways. So there are a lot of things that one can use uh, this app to uh, in learning. So I'm glad to see that you guys have uh, gone through this length of including other items in there as well. And by the way, we'll be featuring this app as an app of the week next week. I'll be doing a demo of the app. So if you want to really get um, used to it or know the quick tour of it, I'll be demonstrating that next week. It's a really great app. That'll be great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sunil. This has been absolutely beautiful and especially uh, for you coming up at this time to do this with us, we truly uh, appreciate that. And would you like to say any final words? How could people get hold of you? I know we're going to have some of this information in our show notes, but is there anything else you would like to say? 
Yeah. So again, first of all, I would like to you know, thank you and your uh, the team to invite me here to talk about the app. Now, a, a little bit more about the app. You know, so we we talked about all the features. The, another feature, you know, which is very critical to us you know, in the app is that you can give the feedback on the OCR or about the app from the app itself. So that, you know, if you if you are looking at your request history and if you click on your file um, file name in the request history list, there there you can there is an option called uh, give feedback, you know, where you can or add review. So where you can go and either write your text message, you know, do a voice note, whatever you prefer, and can give us as to the feedback as to how we are doing. You know, because the feedback is something we really need to improve on how we are doing, what we can do better, what are the suggestions that you have we can do, and how we can make it you know, more inclusive, more better app. You know, in, in general, you know, we have, have that vision that we want this to be you know, the app to go <laughs> for, for visually embedded community because we ourselves are visually embedded people. We, we really want this to highlight. Thank you so much again for coming. And uh, tell me something. Uh, should we want you to come back down the road again? You know, maybe some things have improved and all of that. Would you be willing to come again? And maybe this time uh, bring some of your friends with you if they have the time. Sure thing. Yeah, we'd we'll, we'll, we'll love to come again and talk about what we are doing. Yeah. Yeah. So let's plan on talking about this uh, next year, God willing. That's sure thing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sunil, for coming. And it's been a pleasure having you uh, talk with us. And we do assure you that the listeners of Blind Android Users Podcast appreciate people like you. And thank you so much for trying to improve the lives of the blind people. Thank you, everyone. Let's now move on to our next segment, and that will be the app of the week. And this week, I'm talking about an app released by Bookshare called the Bookshare Reader. Here is a short demo of the Bookshare Reader. Hi, this is Warren Carr of Blind Android Users Podcast. For episode 107, App of the Week, I am demonstrating the just-released app by Bookshare, simply called Bookshare Reader. For today's demonstration, I am utilizing my Pixel 7 Pro running Android 13 QPR Beta 2. In the way of the TTS engine, I am using Google Speech Services running Variant Voice number 6. I am on my home screen now and will now navigate my way to a folder called ebook readers. This is where I have my bookshare reader. I'll now find and tap on ebook readers. Folder ebook readers four or more items. Here is ebook readers. I will tap here to activate ebook readers. Kindle. Upon tapping on ebook readers, we heard Kindle. I do have a couple pages of ebook readers in this folder, and now using two fingers, I'll place the two fingers in the middle of the phone and swipe from right to left to move to the second page. Page two of two. I am on page two, and now we'll put my finger down, find and tap on Bookshare Reader. 
Bookshare Reader. Here is Bookshare Reader, and we'll tap here to activate. Bookshare Reader. Bookshare Logo Image. Upon launching the app, the first thing we heard was Bookshare Logo, and that is found near the top of the screen in the middle of the screen. Below that, though, we have some important things regarding logging in. The first heading we, we come across is Username. Username, and because it's important, it has an asterisk or a star. Asterisk. And below that, Edit box. Edit box for the username, which is typically your email address. And next, the next heading we come across will be the password. Password. And it's equally important, and therefore, Asterisk. And below that, Password, Edit Box. Password, Edit Box. The next button is the Login button. Button, Login. Now, I do want to mention here in passing that if you forget your password, you cannot say, I forgot my password and I need to reset. For that, you'll have to log on to the Bookshare website and there reset your password. The app at the moment does not have a feature where you could tap on I forgot my password. Now below that, we have a couple more items. And the first one will be... Not a Bookshare member yet. Visit Bookshare to learn more. If you're not a Bookshare member, you could tap here to learn more on how to become a Bookshare member. The last item here talks about the fact that this is a live reader. Build type, live version, 1.0.1. That's all we have on this page. I will now pause this recording, enter all my credentials, and then when I'm done, I'll come back and resume from here. I am now in the main UI of the app. I just finished signing in, and the first thing we heard here is near the top in an edit field where it says Search for a great book, edit box. Search for a great book. Now below that, we've got a couple tabs. We've got Recent Books tab selected. Recent Books tab, and to the right of that is the Downloads tab. Downloads tab. At the bottom, we have a couple tabs as well. At the very bottom left, we've got Tab, My Library, selected. My Library, and to the right of that, is the My Profile or Profile. Tab, Profile. I do want to mention here that the profile, that all that the profile has is simply your username, email address, and language, and things like that. Not much to write about in the Profile tab. Now, in the middle of all of this are the recent books. These are the books that you've added in your reading list on your Bookshare account. I do have some here, and I'm going to show you what we have and show you how it operates. I do, however, wish, though, that Bookshare had included a settings right here on this main UI. Especially, there should have been the settings to the right of the Downloads tab. In this case, there's no such a thing. You're not going to find the settings until you open up a book, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. Now, I'm going to find one of my books. Right to Ride by Blair Kelly. Press so I got some of those books there. Lovesick Blues by Paul Hempel. 
Press to read one. if downloaded or view details if not downloaded. There's one called Lovesick Blues. And to the right of that, now to the right of each book is the download button. Download Lovesick Blues button. I'll move my finger back to the title. Lovesick Blues by Paul Hempel. Press to read if downloaded or view details if not downloaded. So in other words, if it's been downloaded, when you tap on it, you'll be able to start reading right away. If it is not downloaded, when you tap on it, then it's going to give you info about the book and then give you some other tabs or other buttons. I'll go ahead and tap on it. I'm not going to download it at the moment. Book information. Book information. Tapping on that, we heard book information. And to the top left corner, we have the typical navigate the top. Now, down below that, we have the cover or the image cover of the book. Lovesick Blues cover image, image. And to the right of that, we have the download button. Lovesick Blues. Download Lovesick Blues button. And that's found to the right of the cover. And to the right of that is the Read Now button. Read Now button. Now, I do want to commend Bookshare for doing this because it makes it easy for people to be able to read what they have in their account, even if you don't have enough storage on your device to store the books. You can simply tap on the Read Now so long as you have an internet connectivity. So I, th I, I think this is a very good feature that Bookshare has implemented. For the time being, though, I'm going to tap on Download. Download Lovesick Blues button. I'll tap on that. Loading. Now, whether you download the book or you don't download but simply tap on Read Now, you will find the same settings and all of that. So now, I believe that I have downloaded it because upon tapping on Download Now, that Download Now button is gone. All that we have left is the Read Now button. Read Now button. I'll tap on that. Settings button. We are now on the reading page. And here you heard Settings button that is found on the top right corner. And that's the settings that I was talking about that it should have been placed right in the main UI of the app because it is not just something that's locally or localized to a book. But these settings, whatever change you make in these settings, is a global thing. So it's not localized to the book that you're currently reading. Now, I do want to mention here that there are other tabs here as well. We are um, in this place where we have the settings, but then we have some buttons at the bottom. And these buttons at the bottom, starting from the bottom left, we've got Navigate through the book button. Navigate through the book. To the right of that, we've got Tap to go to the previous paragraph of the text button. The next button on the right will be Play button. And the last button to the right of that will be Tap to skip to the next paragraph of the text button. That's what we have at the bottom. Lovesick Blues, Heading 1. 
Now, I'm not going to read this here because of copyright problems and things like that. But what I want us to do is to tap on that settings because it's a very important thing that we need to go into. I'll therefore put my finger down and tap on settings found near the top right corner. Settings button. Here is settings and I'll tap here to activate. Settings. Upon tapping on settings, we are now on a page that has some tabs at the top and it is the quick set and to the right of that we have the audio tab. Audio tab unselected tab. And to the right of that text tab unselected tab. Text tab. Page tab unselected tab. Page tab and the last tab on the right color tab unselected tab is the color tab. Here's what I'm talking about. I'll use the color tab to show you that whatever settings you make are global. For instance, if we tap on the color tab, color tab selected tab, and put my finger down, white background, black text, yellow sentence highlight, orange word highlight button, move to the right, black background, lemon text, blue sentence highlight, magenta word highlight button, move to the right, Lemon background, black text, light blue sentence highlight, orange word highlight button. So let's say I choose this lemon background tab by tapping. Lemon background, black text, light blue sentence highlight, orange word highlight. Selected. That's selected. Now I go back. And if you can see, you can see that my background is now looking lemony. I'll go back. Navigate up button. And I'll put my finger down. Hank Williams is not just one of America's. That is that book information. Now I'm going to go back to the menu I and show you by tapping on another book. Search for a great book. Edit box. I'll put my finger down randomly and see which book I land on. The Bin Laden Papers by Nellie LaHood. Press to read it. There's something called the Bin Laden Papers. I'm going to tap on this. Book information. Now, there was something else that I wanted us to look at. We needed to go into the audio settings. But for now, though, instead of tapping on download, I'm going to tap on read now. Read now button. And if you can see some, you can see that I have that lemon background. Now that I'm showing the book, I'm going to go to the settings because there was one important settings that we didn't look at, and that will be the audio settings, that is choosing a TTS. I'll find and tap on settings found near the top right. Settings button. Here is settings. I'll tap. Settings. If you remember, I talked about the audio tab. Now I'll tap on that audio tab. Audio tab unselected tab. We'll tap here. Audio tab selected tab. Upon tapping on audio tab, we have some buttons. Starting from the left. Just below those tabs, we've got audio speed, 
We got the audio speed heading and we got decrease audio speed to 80% button. And to the right of that, increase audio speed to 120% button. Keep going right. Set default audio speed to 100% button selected. And now below that, voice. We have the voice heading and we've got voice selection menu button. We have something that says voice selection menu. And to the right of that, play voice sample button. Play voice sample. If I tap here, it will play the currently selected voice sample. Here's what I'm talking about. The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. So in this case, it's using the variant 6 that I have from Google Speech Service. And by the way, these voices are from the Google Speech Services. The only problem that we have here is that you cannot select a locally um, stored TTS engine. For example, let's say you have some acapella voices or some vocalizer voices. Uh, you cannot choose any of those. These voices come directly from Google, from the way I hear them. I'll move my finger to the left and we'll tap on that voice selection. Voice selection menu button. Go ahead and tap here. Voice 1. Voice 1. Menu item. And all of these are either voice 1, voice 2, voice 3, and on and on and on. Um, it would have been nice if there were a play sample to the right of each of these voices. But as it is right now, you can only hear the sample after you've selected the voice you want and not knowing what it sounds like. Here's what I'm talking about. I'll put my finger down on one of these at random. Voice 6, menu item. Here's voice 6, I'm going to tap. Voice 6, selected, bookshare reader, voice selection menu, button. Now I'm back to the voice selection menu and it's not even telling me that I have selected voice 6. Now if I move my finger to the right and tap on that play, I should be able to hear the sample of that voice 6 that I just chose from the other screen. Play voice sample, button. Tab here. The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. And that's how you select voices. Now let's keep going. Voicing options. Voicing options. And what this means is that what would you like to hear when you have the voicing options? And these things are checked by default. And if you don't want them, you uncheck these things. And the first one we have is... Voice page numbers checked. Voice the page number. So in other words, let me know whether I'm on page 6, page 5, or whatever page it is. Next item is... Voice page numbers. Voice image descriptions checked. Voice image description checked. And they have a disclaimer here which says... Note, if a book from a publisher is not well formatted, some voicing options may not work well. And the last item here... Reset audio defaults button. Reset audio defaults. I'm going to go back to the previous screen. And this is the page where we find the reading and all of that, like the play button. And I'll put my finger down at the bottom. We'll go through the first item at the bottom that says navigate through the book. Button. Navigate through the book. Button. We heard navigate through the book. If I tap here, 
Book navigation. Here are the items that we find. Tab, table of contents selected. We have some tabs here at the top. The first tab says table of contents. To the right of that we have tab, bookmarks, bookmarks, tab, book info, and book info. Now, you can move your finger around or swipe around to find a chapter that you want. For example, if I put my finger down and explore. The birth of the idea of September 11th. What led to the decision and why I'm the calamity musing on Malomar's legacy displaced. So as you can hear, I'm moving through the different um, portions of the book. And if I want to start on any of those, I just tap on that to read. I'm going to go back. Image. And I'm going to go back again. The Bin Laden Papers. Now I'm in the main UI of the app where we saw the other books. Search for a Now book I want to show you how you can go about deleting a book. I believe that I downloaded that Lovesick Blues books. And since we're in the main UI, you could either tap on the Downloads tab or simply swipe from right to left with two fingers, and that also will take you to your downloads. I'll swipe from the middle of the phone with two fingers going left. Downloads. Page two of two. Put my finger down. Lovesick Blues by Paul Hempel. Press to read. Now, in the event that you want to read it, you just tap it and go tap on that play. I do also want to mention here in passing that this does not support the two-finger double tap to stop or start the playback. You must tap on that play button, which then becomes the play, or rather, once you tap on the play, it becomes the pause button, and once you tap on that, it becomes the play button. Now, to the right of the book, let's say I want to delete this book, then there's an option there says more more button and that's to the right of each of the title of the books that i found in your downloaded folder i'll tab here pop-up window bookshare reader downloaded book options it says downloaded book options delete lovesick blues from device menu item the first item is delete the item or delete the book cancel menu item and then there's the cancel button I'm not going to delete my book because if you do, it will delete it from Bookshare your device, but it's not going to delete it from your account. That has been a quick overview of the Bookshare Reader. And again, congratulations to Bookshare for bringing us a really nice book reader. Thanks for listening. And now to close this episode, we have that promised unboxing. We have the unboxing that John is bringing us. It's Christmas, so it's good that we have something to unbox. John, what are we unboxing? Go ahead and unroll that box, my man. Hello, John here, and today I'm going to be doing an unboxing for the Blind Android Users podcast of the Blind Shell Classic 2. The folks over at... Blind Shell USA were kind enough to send us a review unit, and I received it a few days ago, so I'm excited to share it with you. I'll go ahead and get started.
So I have the box right here and it didn't seem to have any tape or anything on it. So I'm just gonna take the top off and we have the phone on top here. So I'll save that for last, of course. I'm just gonna set it aside, see what else we have in here. So there seems to be two compartments. I'm gonna open the first one. So this is not gonna be your typical unboxing because this is actually a large box. It comes with a lot of goodies, which is rare these days. So first thing I'm, I have here is a lanyard. If you're into that sort of thing, I'm not, but it's an option. Uh, I am into this. This is a cradle for charging the phone. You simply sit it in there and it plugs into the bottom through USB-C. On the back of it is a USB-C port, I'm assuming, that you just plug your charger into. So that's cool. It's all in that section. I'll open this other one. And of course we have the power cable. It's USB-C to USB-A. We also have earbuds here. So they're 3.5 millimeters. So obviously this phone has a headphone jack and it looks like there is an inline mic and controls. There's one button, so probably just play and pause controls on there. Or answer an end phone calls, I'm assuming. What do you know? A power brick in the box. <laughs> so it's just your typical type A charging brick. Um, probably not too fast, but um, the battery isn't that large in this phone anyway, so it should probably, I'm assuming it'll charge fast enough. Looks like here we have something that's got doubles. Is it double sided? Yeah, double stick. So I'm assuming it's like a, a way, the, a way to mount the um, charger if you want it to stay still, not slide around. The uh, charging cradle, I should say. And then we have a pretty thick manual. Uh, don't know if I have it right side up or not, but I'm assuming it's large print, although I can't see it because it's a pretty thick book. Um, and we also have some NSC tags. I'm assuming because they're little stickers. And I know that's a feature this phone has. It has NFC and it lets you label items around the house if you want to um, digitally. So it comes with three of them. And then there's another small piece of paper in here, maybe a quick start guide or something. So that is everything but the phone. I'm gonna get that out of the picture. 
now I'm going to take the phone, the phone, I should say, out of this phone, little holder, and I'll just go ahead and describe it to you. So it's light, it's small, it's it's smaller than your typical smartphone as far as height and width, but it's thicker than your typical smartphone. Um, I'm assuming, although it's been a while, it's about the size of like a candy bar phone from like the 90s, or I guess even early 2000s. But um, it's it's not as, I don't think it's as thick as those used to be. So, um, it's, build quality feels okay. Uh, I don't know if you can hear this or not. It's sort of, it's a little creaky, but I mean, it's plastic and it has a removable back, so that's pretty typical. So I'll just describe the device to you. I'll start with the front. So on the front, the top half or top two thirds are a screen. And it seems to be plastic from the sound and feel of it. Could be wrong there, I'm not sure, but it doesn't really matter because it's not a touch screen, so I'm not going to be touching it. Um, and then I'll just describe the buttons to you. So below the screen, there is two rows of three buttons. And then under that is just your standard keypad. So the first row of buttons are an action button, a up button, and another action button. So there's a left action, a right action, and then there's an up button in the middle. So the second row will be to the left is the confirm button. In the middle is the down button. And to the right is the back button. And just to describe the textures of them, the, the uh, action buttons have bumps on them, just little small bumps. The up and down keys have a horizontal line on them. The confirm button has a larger bump, more of a circle, and the back key has sort of a diagonal line on it. And, you know, there's a typical keypad under all that, you know, one through nine, and then on the bottom, star, zero, pound. And the only thing that has any texture to it is the number five, which has a raised, a small raised bump on it. So now along the top, on the left side, we have a headphone jack. And to the right, on the top, we have a LED. So that's the LED that the flashlight is going to use when you have the flashlight turned on. On the right side, there's just one button. It's the... Um, Shortcut button, so it lets you bring up your favorite apps, or if you press and hold it, it'll let you do voice control. On the left side, you have the volume keys. So, very quicky. Um, on the bottom, you have, on the left side, I think is where you connect the lanyard, if you want to use it. In the center is the USB-C um, port. And to the right is a little place where you can put your nail in to pull off the back cover. 
So it seems the uh, speaker is down here on the front. It's not downward firing, it's forward firing. So um, now the back of it has, on the, on the top left, I think is the flash, the LED flash for the camera. And to the right of that, right in the center is the camera lens. Below that is a button, the SOS button. And that's all that's on the back. So it's just an overview of the device. So next I'm gonna show you how to insert your SIM card and your micro SD card if you're using one. So I have the phone face down now. I'm going to use put my nail in the bottom left corner to pry this off. Set it aside. And so you can feel once you have the back off, most of it is battery. So it goes basically all the way up until right under the SOS button. And along the top side of the battery, near the right edge, there's a place where you can sort of grab onto it with your nail and pull it up. So I'm going to pull it up from there. Set the battery aside. And now you'll notice, and you can feel this, there's three places in here to put your cards. To the left is SIM 1, to the center is SIM 2, and all the way to the right, the smaller section is for the micro SD card. And I was surprised to find that this actually uses micro SIM cards, not nano SIM cards. And I think it's been a while since I've had a phone, almost 10 years since I've had a phone that had a micro SIM. So I actually had to get an adapter, but I'm gonna show you how to insert the SIM card and the micro SD card. I have them over here somewhere. All right, here we go. So here's my SIM card. I have a nano SIM inserted into an adapter that is the shape of a micro SIM. What you're gonna to wanna to do is put it in with the cut corner, so it's a rectangle, but one of the corners is cut so that it doesn't have a point on it. And make sure that cut corner is to the top left when you put it in here. And once you get it in, you slide it up under that sort of metal, I'm assuming it's metal bar thing and just slide it up until it doesn't slide up anymore. It won't snap or click or anything, but you'll know it's all the way in when it stops going any further. And now for the micro SD card, this goes all the way to the right, and you're gonna wanna make sure the contacts are away from you and facing down, which means the raised lip is going to be toward you and facing up. So once I put that in its slot and slide that up, you'll hear that click into place. It's got a little spring-loaded thing, so it'll come back a little bit, but it'll be locked into place. Then you simply replace the battery, 
put the side closest to you in first and then let the side near the top of the phone fall into place. It kind of snaps. And then you put the cover back on and just go around the edges and make sure that it is snapped all around the edges. Oh. That's just a quick unboxing and um, overview of the device itself. Later on, I will get into showing you how to use it and do a review of it and share my thoughts with you. So stay tuned for that. And thank you for listening. Thank you so much, John, for unboxing that Blind Shell 2 Classic. And if you guys haven't had the chance to play with it or whatever, uh, it's time for you to see if this is something that meets your need. Uh, we can't say that this is for everybody, but definitely this has its place. And I want to thank the Blind Shell USA for sending us a review unit. And Diane, thank you so much for doing this. And to the other members from this group, we thank you for letting blind Android users review this or unbox this. We'll be doing a review of this in our next episode, and it'll be dedicated to the Blind Shell Classic. That will be our next episode next week. So if you're lo looking forward to hearing what John has to say about it, next week, you'll hear the full story. And as we come to the close of this episode, Austin now gives you a way of how to contact us. So people to locate us, they can email us with their questions or feedback or comments or recording submissions to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. They can browse our website, blindandroidusers.com. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash blindandroidusers. Subscribe to our mailing list, blindandroidusers. Plus subscribe at groups.io. The links for Telegram and Twitter Clubhouse will be in the show notes with all the other links. So that is it from us this week. And this brings us to the conclusion of this week's episode. Again, we do want to wish you a Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas and a Happy New Year. From me, it's goodbye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye, everyone. Have a wonderful time. Bye, everyone. Merry Christmas or happy holidays. Thanks for listening to another clip from the Blind Android Users channel. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you're notified of every new material that we upload. Thanks again for listening to the Blind Android Users channel.